seated. Thank you for coming. If, um, if you had a chance to pick up our bulletin, you see the pictures of many different uh, grandparents with their grandchildren, many different backgrounds, and this is pretty much a universal experience. We parent and then we grandparent. If we live long enough, we have the privilege of uh, having an influence upon those who come after us. We're going to have more to say about it, but I'd just like to recognize those who are here. I know that those out there can comment and let us know that they're hearing, but if you are a grandparent, would you raise your hand, please? All the grandparents? Yes. All right. Very good. If you are also a great-grandparent, would you raise a hand, please? All right. We've got a good number of great-grandparents here. Anybody great-great-grandparent? Anybody got great-great-grandkids? My mother does. She's still with us. Thank you for her prayers uh, in her behalf. But um, all right, we've got grandparents and great-grandparents here. And uh, Gwendolyn and I have six wonderful, uh, happy, cheerful, talented, beautiful, handsome grandchildren and one in heaven. And uh, so seven total. And uh, I'm going to ask right now, if you have five or more grandchildren, if you have five or more grandchildren, would you raise your hand? I got our hands raised. All right, all you fives, let's give all the fives a big hand. If you have ten or more grandchildren, raise your hands. All right, we've got one, two, three, four Ten or more grandchildren. You got ten or more, ten or more, ten or more. So we got one, two, three, four with ten or more. Let's give them a hand. Okay, now we're going to move on up the line. If you have eleven or more, raise your hands. Okay, one hand is raised. How many, Judy? Twelve. Twelve. Anybody have more than twelve grandkids? No? Not more than twelve grandkids? Well, how many you got? Eighteen. Well, I guess, I guess you're going to have to arm wrestle back here then. 18 and 12 and 10 and 10 and a bunch of fives and more. And praise the Lord for all of you. Let's give them a big hand. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Now, if you have survived long enough to have great-grandchildren, raise your hands again. Great-grandchildren. All right. Does anybody have five great-grandchildren? All right. You got two? All right. How many do you have, Beverly? Nine great-grandchildren. How many do you have? Five. Okay. Five. I think Beverly takes the prize, but all of you deserve a round of applause. Amen. Amen. All right. And just added to our number, good to see Harold back here. Let's give Harold a hand. All right. Amen. Okay. All right. So... Why are we honoring grandparents? Because the Bible speaks of the importance of the spiritual role of grandparenting. There's a spiritual dimension. There's a lot of fun, and we're going to say more about that as well. And some of you commented and gave me some of your comments for which we praise the Lord. But I would like to just have a special dedicatory prayer. You don't have to stand. And I know that those of you that are viewing out here, there are some of you... You might have 25 great-grandchildren, and we honor all of you, whether you have one grandchild or a hundred great-great-grandchildren. 
Uh, let's just pray for all the grandparents right now, shall we? Father, we thank you for the grandparents who are alive and still influencing those kids and grandkids and have a spiritual impact upon the life, the daily life of those that they love so much. Lord, it's not just that blood runs through our veins. Uh, we have some that were adopted, some that were foster children, some that were taken in and cared for. It's because of, of a higher and nobler calling, and that is to live like Jesus and to model Jesus Christ before those who look up to us and think uh, we're something special. Lord, we know we're not, but we know that we have, uh, we have a, a, a role, we have a responsibility, and we thank you for that high calling. We know the home was established uh, before human government, before the church, and so it's vital. It's a, it's a very important piece of our life. I pray now for all those who are filling that role uh, by your grace and for your glory. And I pray for every person here who may have missed out on that experience. I pray that you'll give grace and help us, Lord, you fill in the blanks and help us where, where we need to have that in our life so that we can pass it on to others. Thank you so much for what you've taught us and how you're training us. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. We have seen so many answers to prayer. We heard this week from Steve Marks. His sister and family were in the line of fire in Oregon. And so I sent out the prayer request and hundreds of people multiplied again by tens and hundreds around the world prayed about the fires and the windy conditions in Oregon out on the West Coast. And then I got an answer back from Brother Steve. But not before I also heard from uh, Bonnie that uh, she had loved ones there as well. But here's what happened. God's people prayed and I know that the weather people don't always get it right. That's an understatement. But this was bearing down on population. And God's people prayed, and the wind calmed and turned. And I know, I know God did that. I believe that God answers prayer. Thank you. Keep on praying. Pray for Ed and Cheryl. Ed mentioned that he has an uncle that's just like a second father to him, godly man that's about to pass over if he hasn't passed already. And we want to be in prayer for them. And uh, we want to be in prayer for my mother, my mother-in-law, and those who care for them. Uh, both of these senior saints that we love so much are nearing the shore. And one of these days we'll get the phone call. We thank God for our family and others that are caring for them but we do need your prayers, and we thank you for your prayers at this time. I also want to say a word of, of uh, uh, commendation for Ed and Cheryl, who are launching the Ambassador Discipleship Program here at Central Baptist Church. If you've been contacted, please go through the program, and then if God speaks to your heart, we want you to become a mentor and train others as well in the Christian walk and Christian life. Uh, Ed also introduced, Ed and Cheryl introduced to us a, a wonderful DVD, uh, and I have purchased a number of copies, and they are distributed, 
And here is the goal. Uh, somebody will watch them and be impressed by it. We'll pass it on to you. It's our property, but we want you to, to watch it within one week and then pass it on or pass it back to the person who passed it to you and they'll pass it on so that throughout the entire church we all have a chance to view this very stirring missionary DVD. Uh, we probably will not have the traditional uh, missions revival that we have every year because of the situation that we're experiencing, missionaries not being able uh, to come our way and us not being able to host them as we have in the past. But uh, we will still have a missionary emphasis which will never stop. You need to walk up and down that missions wall and pray for those missionaries and thank God for them. And uh, we need to go on being soul winners. Amen, Daquan? Go on being soul winners no matter where we are. And uh, we praise God for the way that He is working. Yesterday, we had a very successful Bible Institute session, 1501. How many of you had a chance to catch it? Uh, we are over 100 now that have already viewed it. And uh, counting those that were on YouTube, those that have viewed it since then, those that are on Facebook, and those that were here for the live presentation. It was the second year of our study in the book of Genesis. You can trust your King James Bible to be true. And uh, you can go on there. Our subscribers are growing. We're nearing 300 in subscribers. And praise the Lord for that. So I want you to do your very best to help us build that up. Praise the Lord. And there was an original song this morning on From the Shepherd to the Sheep. How many of you heard Lent to the Lord? Raise your hands. That's new to you. It's not new to me. I wrote it. But uh, anyway, uh, Samuel was lent to the Lord. And that's a wonderful principle from the Word of God. Would you take your Bibles, please? And uh, I want you to hold them up for just a moment. Hold your Bible up. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. Say it. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. There are no errors in it. There are no errors in it. And God helping me, God helping me, I'm going to try to obey it. I'm going to try to obey it. Yes, absolutely. And uh, this is the privilege that we have as grandparents, influencing others to accept the old Bible. There was no question which version of the Bible was my grandparents. You say, well now, were there a lot of versions then? When my grandparents were coming up the line, the latest rage was known as the RV 1881. It was the, uh, on the English side, over in Great Britain, a bunch of translators had gotten together and they took the old corrupt manuscripts, the Westcott and Hort manuscripts, and they translated, I should say mistranslated the Bible, so it came from a different source. And every once in a while, as great men of God as they were, every once in a while, if you read Spurgeon, he'll say, in the RV it says such and so, and he'll change a word. R.A. Torrey, another one of our heroes. And this is what we say about our heroes. They are flawed, just like I am flawed. And uh, it was probably uh, a very poor judgment on their part. Very intelligent, great men of God. But R.A. Torrey would occasionally say, now in the RV it reads this, or in the margin it reads this way. And why do people do that? They do that because they want to clarify a much better way to handle it is to say every single one of these words is God-breathed and preserved. Now, if I were to say it the way I say it in the 21st century, it would be like such and so. And that helps you to understand. Anybody that studied the underlying text 
knows that the translation of the King James is correct. But sometimes it just helps us to maybe apply it, illustrate it, say it some other way. So in my grandparents' day, there was a choice. The choice was to stick with the old King James Bible or to go with the translation of 1881. Now in 1901, that same translation came across and was the American, not the New American, but the American Standard of 1901. Just as corrupt. It makes Jesus Christ a created being. And in fact, until they got their own watchtower, New World Translation, so-called, the Jehovah's Witnesses used the 1901 American Standard Version as their Bible. Did you know that? Because it makes Jesus a created being. Now, believe it or not, on into the early 1900s, some of the great fundamentalists would stand up and they would hold a King James and they would st stand up and hold in the other hand a 1901 American Standard or a, an 1881 RV and they would say, when I hold these Bibles in my hand, I hold the winnowed sum of the Word of God. What kind of confusion is that? Now, they were good godly people, but they made a mistake. They were wrong on that. Now, my grandparents were not seminary professors. They were godly people. But they had enough good common sense to know that God gave us a book. And it's perfect. And you can take it to the bank of heaven. And my grandparents were Bible believers. And they raised a bunch of Bible believers. And I'm the third generation standing in the pulpit, still doing what was done back then. Can I just share a little something about my grandparents? I'm going to brag on them and my grandkids. And you say, well, why are you going to do that? It's because I'm a depraved sinner. And that's what grandparents do. <laughs> but anyway, my grandparents, my grandfather, Fred Winnegar, Fred Winnegar was saved under the evangelistic ministry of B. Fay Mills. That's a miracle in itself because B. Fay Mills later apostatized, but before he died, he came back to the Lord. During the period of time when he was a red-hot, old-fashioned, pulpit-pounding, Bible-waving fundamentalist, my grandfather, who had been exposed to no true Bible Christianity, sat in one of his meetings and got gloriously converted. He got saved. You see, God will use anybody who will use His book. That's it. I use it, I believe it, I stand upon it. Amen. So, my grandfather got saved and he went off and he studied at the Moody Bible Institute. He studied under, under some of those men I just mentioned and got the call of God to become a missionary and went to South America. He and a lady he had met at Moody by the name of Alice Bunch and they were married in Venezuela. And it was 1898 when the Spanish-American War was raging. And gringos might not have been looked upon so well in some of those places. But they were serving God. And I, I have to say, they, they, raised, they had eight kids. And they raised a bunch of preachers and missionaries. And my dad was the eighth. He was the last of the Mohicans. And uh, I thank God for what was instilled in my dad, which was passed along to me. On the other side, there were some other Bible believers. They came over in the early 1900s from Norway. My grandpa Jacobson, Alfred Jacobson, came over 
and work, went back, got his bride to be, got married, and brought her over. And they moved to South Dakota, and they had three kids. And, and the middle child is my mom, who's still alive now at 103, going on 104. But my, my grandpa, Uncle Jake, he was one in a million. So was his wife. She was Grandma Jake, she was, she was one in a million. I mean, they were unusual people. And I learned a lot from them. I'm going to share some of those things after a while. I am hoping that the good things that have been given me, that have been shared with me, will be passed along to my grandkids. Now, I've got some footprints and handprints on here, but it's been about six years since I got this because this little footprint was Annie, and she's seven going on eight. She'll be eight, right, in November, right? And, uh, and this handprint right here, that's Max, and his hand is as big as mine. He's a teenager, and uh, we've got Sammy right here. And praise God, for our grandkids, we've got, uh, got Max and Chase and Jackson out on the West Coast and up in Front Royal, not too many miles away, so we can see them every now and then. We've got Sammy and Annie, and we've got little James. And uh, James is a papa's boy. Now, on this side, they all call me Papa. They call her Nana. On the other side of the continent, they call me Poppy, but she's still Nana. And, uh, and we love being grandparents. We've got one in heaven and look forward to see that little one uh, fully mature and perfect when we get our glorified bodies someday. So praise the Lord for that. It is hard to believe. Yesterday, Sammy and Annie were in a wedding, not their own. They're not that grown. But they look so grown up in the pictures. Maybe Nana will share pictures. We used to have stacks and stacks of pictures here on Grandparents Day. We're not doing it uh, for various reasons. But uh, I remember John Sacon, he had to have help coming through the door with all of his grandkids' pictures, you know. I mean, that's what he would do. But uh, these kids, they're in that growing stage. You get a picture, and we got pictures all over the house of our grandkids. But, I mean, they're, they're already outdated because they're growing up so fast. Yesterday, uh, Sammy was in a little tuxedo. He was a ring bearer, right, at this wedding. Up, uh, up in Front Royal area. And Annie was the flower girl. And, uh, and as beautiful and as handsome and as grown up as they look, I want to say, get out of those grown up clothes and get back into your kids' clothes. Don't want you to grow up so fast. I'm, of course, proud of them and proud of their parents and proud of, of all of our family. Praise the Lord for them. I, I had my wife once again print out all their birthdays so I would look at them and remember them uh, because you know what? Uh, they're coming and going so quickly. So quickly. Marvin Alasky writes, Happy Grandparents Day. The first Sunday after Labor Day is National Grandparents Day, which has its own flower, the forget-me-not. So we're going to honor grandparents today. If your grandparents are still alive, have you thanked them? If they're deceased, do you honor them? And then he goes on to talk about his grandparent uh, who uh, went through so much. And this is, part, this is part of what makes them so great. All that they go through, all that they have endured and become um, marked by and in turn have influenced us. I think about the national disasters and the wars and the difficulties that all of these have endured and I know that it's had an impression on us. I want you to turn with me to a couple of scriptures today as we begin this message 
that's going to help all of us. Of course, the very first scripture is the one that's found on your bulletin. On your bulletin we have from the book of Joel, chapter 1 and verse 3. Tell ye your children of it, and let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. What do we tell them? Well, we answer some of the questions that are in the bulletin. Why am I here? How should I live? Life is not easy. Why must I die? Where am I going? These are, these are important truths, principles to teach. My role as a grandparent is the same as my grandparents' role was with me. And that is to pass along absolute truth. Brother Chris yesterday shared with us something that was really funny. With his dry humor, I've got to share it with you as well. Uh, he was talking to somebody who said there are no absolutes. And Chris said, are you sure about that? In other words, if you say there are no absolutes, guess what? That's an absolute. Aren't we strange creatures? We sure are. There are absolutely absolutes in this world. There is a God. He is the God of the Bible. He reveals Himself through His creation, through His Word, and through His Son, Jesus Christ. We can know Him on a personal level. We can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and we can have a home in heaven and know it for sure. Now, every grandparent ought to know that and be saved. And every grandparent ought to make that number one job when it comes to influencing their grandchildren. Children and grandchildren are in heritage of the Lord. We are stewards. We have been given children and grandchildren for the purpose of having influence over them. Now, when you're taking care of them, and I know how that is, when mom and dad have to go do something, we get to babysit or child do child care, and we look forward to it. We are glad for the opportunity. But our job isn't just to feed them. Our job isn't just to protect them. Our job isn't just to do the usual thing. Don't get into this and don't get into that. You can do this and you can't do that. No, no, no. Our job is to pass along absolute truth by our words, but more importantly, by our life, by our example. You see, kids need more than lectures. Can I get an amen on this? Come on. Kids need more than lectures. They need life lessons. And life lessons are by examples. And too many say, don't do what I say, do what I say. I mean, don't do what I do, but do what I say. We can't, we can't operate that way. We need to be honest about this. And so, on my tie, I have written Proverbs something or other. And when I think of my grandparents, they were the book of Proverbs in life. They lived the book of Proverbs in front of me. In Proverbs chapter 16, Proverbs chapter 16, and verse number 31, it says, The hoary head, think white hair, gray hair. The hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. There it is. So growing old by itself does not guarantee anything, but if there is uh, a righteous set of principles that can be passed along in the form of life lessons, then it's a crown. All right, move on down to chapter 17 of Proverbs, verse 6. 17 verse 6 says, Children's children 
are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. So we're going to be passing out some crowns today. I think this is important. I believe in paying honor and tribute to those to whom it is due. And in Proverbs chapter 20, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 29, it says, The glory of young men is their strength, and the beauty of old men is the gray head. So when the white hair or the gray head, the gray hair, are in the way of righteousness, it's a crown of glory, and that's what the children of children, that is our grandchildren, are to us. Now think about that. Think about the scripture that has been given to us, and think how important it is to leave a godly legacy. That's what we're doing. We're leaving a godly legacy. You say, so-and-so died the other day. What did they leave? What did they leave? And the answer is everything, because you can't take it with you. Anything you accumulate in this world in the way of material wealth, you can't take it with you. You have never in your life ever seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. You can't take it with you. You're going to leave it all. You're going to leave it behind. Yes, you should have a will. Yes, you should be, you should be godly in the way that you uh, disseminate that which you have been blessed with materially in this world. But more important than the material things that you would leave for those that are here after you are gone is a godly legacy. If you've done that, you are rich. They are rich. That's God's plan. That's why we're here. The reason my heart's still beating and I didn't die some 18, 17 or 18 years ago, the reason I did not die is God was not through with me yet. I'm still here for a reason, to preach the Word of God and to edify the people of God, to shepherd the sheep, but also to leave a godly legacy for those who were not even born when I had those six heart attacks. I've got some Grandparents' Day memories and tributes, and I want to thank all of you who have shared with me. Brother Ed said that he often stayed with his grandparents out on their farm. Can't think of anything that would be more wholesome than that. And while he was there, he was taught by their life what love is. There was love in the family. There was respect for God and for the Bible. God and the Bible. He learned the importance of family. And he said, Grandma often read from the Psalms. So mark that down. Why should you read from the Psalms? I've taught you this. Every day, if you want a little something from the Bible sampler, you ought to read through the Bible, but if you want something from the Bible sampler, you read from Psalms for comfort. Boy, we need a lot of comfort in this world. We need to give a lot of comfort, biblical comfort in this world. Read from the Psalms every day. Read from Proverbs every day if you want character. Boy, we need character in all areas of leadership. And then read from the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, if you want power. Boy, we need power. God's people need that old-time power. We need an old-fashioned revival. Ed's grandma read from the Psalms, and he remembers that. Now, he wasn't saved at that time. Years later, he received Christ. But the foundation had been laid by his godly grandparents so that when the Scriptures were simply opened, Ed was delivering flowers, I believe, 
and a godly soul winner whom he stays in touch with to this day. He said, do you know for sure if you died right now, you go to heaven? He said, no. He said, let me show you from the Bible. Ed says, because his grandparents taught him to believe the Bible, even though he hadn't been saved, he had no trouble receiving Christ. He received the simple plan of salvation. He had no objection to it because he had that foundation. Are you listening to me? The reason why you ought to have devotions with your kids that are too young to be saved and those that are getting up in, in age and are old enough now to get saved is because you want to teach them that you really do, by your life and by precept, you really do believe the Bible. They need to know that. When our kids were coming up, they would sit there in their high chair as we would be at meals and we would take out the Bible and we'd take out little scripture cards and they knew that we read those. We let them choose little colored cards, uh, cards uh, with the scripture on it and I would take it and read it and we'd have a devotional thought and then we would all close our eyes and they would look at us while we're closing our eyes and we would teach them to do the same thing but they would look while our eyes were closed and they would see us with our eyes closed talking out loud to somebody they couldn't see. Now, is that a mystery? Maybe. But is it a faith builder? Yes. Is it a foundation? Yes, it is. You start early. You start young. And as grandparents, we reinforce that. We show them by our life that we believe this book is absolutely true. Were you trusting God this week through the trials and the challenges? If your grandkids were watching or your kids were watching, was their faith increased? Was it strengthened or was it damaged by our emotional, carnal, and fleshly response to the challenges of life? Come on, preacher. Preach it. I am. I'm fixing to, like they say. I'm going to preach it. Our responses are either spiritual or carnal. Our responses are either lined up with the book or they're contrary to the book. And so when we're saying, you know, Grandpa believes the book, Grandma believes the book, they're going to look at the life to see if what we're saying is absolutely true. Debbie Cobb shared this. A little different twist to this. She said the church brought her grandmother Sunday school lessons when she was confined. They brought her the verses. They bought, brought her the notes from the sermons that the preacher preached. Brought tapes and other things. And she remembers studying the Bible with Grandma. And Grandma always read from John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Good message. Amen. So they read the Bible together. Jeff Lewis down in Georgia. God bless you, Jeff. Jeff's been going to church with us by live stream now during this entire time for months. And his grandpa, <clears throat> Grandpa Cox, lived to be 94 years of age, had nine girls, 27 grandchildren, very fruitful. Says this man was not rich in this world's goods, but he was rich in spiritual wealth. He always talked about the Bible, talked about the Lord. And he always quoted and had them quote, Honor thy father and thy mother. We've got many YouTube listeners across the country. Out in California, one has told me about grandmother Naomi, paternal grandmother, who was granddaughter of a, the chief of the Cherokee tribe, high ranking. There's lots of history there. There's the Trail of Tears. 
And I, I don't want to go into that right now, but we're all aware of that. In spite of her challenging life, Grandma Naomi loved God and lived for Jesus. And because of her, this whole family went to church, got saved, a Baptist church, got baptized, and served God. Now those are just some testimonies of other people. Maybe you didn't have an opportunity to share yours with me when I asked for testimonies to come in. But I thank God for my goodly heritage, for my godly legacy, for godly grandparents. We sang about a place where we're going where we'll never grow old. And I'm looking forward to going. But the job isn't finished yet. God taught me over the course of my life that we don't get to have our way until it lines up with His will. And we'll never be happy unless we're in the will of God. So you say, well, I woke up this morning. I had aches. And I, I just, I guess I re-examined that situation. And I've got some aches and some pains. But the Lord has grace, graciously allowed me to forget about some aches and pains while we go on serving. Because there's a higher calling. There's, there's a reason why I'm here. In Psalm 71, Psalm 71 and verses 16 and 17, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. And verse 18, Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Now I don't know how long I would still be able to defeat my grandchildren in a foot race. I used to be fast. I've slowed down a little bit. I don't know how long I'll be able to defeat my children arm wrestling or doing something, wrestling around with them or playing with them. I don't know. But the Bible's not talking about that kind of strength. It's speaking of the Lord's strength. Being a channel through whom the Lord's strength is illustrated vividly so that they can see that there is strength of character that there is strength of purpose, there is strength of conviction, there is strength of courage. I want my grandkids to be left a godly legacy so that they will know that Grandpa and Grandma or Papa or Poppy and Nana were really, truly believing what they were saying about the Bible, about the Lord, about God's grace, about the truth. It really does work. It's the real deal. Instead of lapsing into humanism or lapsing into emotionalism or lapsing into human uh, opinions and logic and ideas, but really believing God and really honoring God and really showing them that God is really real. He truly is. Before I go home to that place where I'll never grow old, while I'm here and this body is, is in some pain or discomfort or some difficulty, no matter what, God is going to give me the grace to come across with the truth so my kids know that what I'm telling them isn't just a bunch of stories. It's really true. Now the reason I can say that, and I know that it's going to work, is because I, I had grandparents who proved to me by their life that this book is absolutely true. And they passed it on to their kids who are my parents. My dad is now in heaven and has been for 13 years. My mom is about to go to heaven. Thank you for your prayers. 
I have seen in their life, passed to them from their parents, that God is real. And that you can live through challenges and trials. You can live through the Spanish-American War. Be a missionary in a South American country in the midst of all that conflict. You can live through jungle fever. You can come back to the United States because of that jungle fever and not give up, not quit. You can establish a Mississippi riverboat ministry that goes from logging camp to logging camp and wins souls to Christ until the kids start getting born and falling overboard and so now you have to come on dry land. You can do what they did. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. And making very little money, preaching in three and four churches at a time. My grandfather was a quarter-time preacher. That means that he would preach in three or four different churches and would just in rotation. He was a circuit-riding preacher back in the early 1900s into the 1920s. My grandfather, as they raised eight children in that home on very little money, preached in little towns. He would go to a town preacher and he'd care if the group, what, what their denominational background was. Now, I'm not suggesting ecumenicism at all because he, there wasn't an ecumenical bone or fiber in his body. But he'd take a bunch of Presbyterians, a bunch of Methodists, a bunch of Lutherans, a bunch of Congregationalists, or whatever they were, and he would preach the Bible in six months. Guess what? They'd all be Baptists. He would baptize them, and they would become a Baptist church. And all over the Midwest of this great land of ours, my grandfather pastored in his lifetime 53 churches! Every one of them a testimony for this Bible. This Bible. For my Savior, Jesus Christ. And that was passed down to his children. Five preacher boys, one missionary daughter out of that family. The last of them, my dad. I and my brother and my cousins have continued on in this generation. And we will continue. There are over 500 accumulated years of preaching in the Winnegar family. I have a goodly heritage. Now, it wouldn't have mattered if they were all ditch diggers. It wouldn't have mattered if they were all janitors. It wouldn't have mattered if they, were, if they were all airline pilots or bankers or lawyers. It wouldn't have mattered. They would have lived for God just the same. And that's it. Whatever you're called to be, be the best for God. He was married to Alice for over 60 years. She preceded him to heaven. But I saw, I saw every day in their lives the book of Proverbs. And they grew in their faith. Adversity came, difficulty came, but they grew. They grew. Through world wars, through the depression, they grew. What I've been able to derive from my grandmother, Alice, as everybody has told me about her, because I was just a little tyke when she went to heaven. Sweetest lady on earth. Having to raise eight kids. In the height of depression, my grandfather went before his congregation raising eight kids. His salary for the year was $800. He went before the congregation. What an example. Stood up there and said, God will take care of you. God will take care of me. I am cutting my salary to $400 a year. 
Some of you wondered where that policy, the Winnegar policy came from that we, a few years ago when we were having it rough, and I said the Winnegar policy is every bill gets paid before I get paid. You wonder where that came from? Grandpa Fred. You can thank my grandfather Fred. My grandmother Alice. So sweet. Her sweetness came down. And my uncles told me that that was deposited, that sweetness was deposited in my father, Max. Now, nobody from my congregation has said yet that I'm sweet. <laughs> But if there's anything at all, anything that moderates the hard, tough-as-nail stand that we have to take, I got it from my grandmother through my father. Speak the truth, but speak it in love. Amen? Amen. From my grandfather, I learned longevity. I learned you stick with it. I learned you don't quit. You don't give up. And no matter what, God will provide. And you trust God. You don't trust man. Boy, we've learned that, haven't we? Trust God. Trust God. I believe God. Now, I love all of you. Don't get me wrong, but I trust God. And I commend my grandparents. I commend Alfred Jacobson, known as Jake, Grandpa Jake. I think I got from him the joy of the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. He always did. He was the preaching deacon at a little church in Oldham, South Dakota. Didn't matter if it was rain, snow, hail, whatever it was. He was down there. He'd light the fire and people would come. Preachers would come and go. But, but Grandpa Jacobson, Alfred Jacobson, was always there. He ran a haberdashery. And when the height of the Depression hit, he gave everybody credit. And then in the middle of the night, before there were uh, burglar alarms, somebody came in and took all of the stuff out of his store. And instead of claiming bankruptcy, my grandfather in Oldham, South Dakota, said, give me a little time, I'll pay you back to all his creditors. He paid them all back and still gave away more than he sold. What a godly man. Everybody, when he died and they had his funeral, they came from miles and miles around. This godly preaching deacon in the Baptist church in Oldham, South Dakota. And he told me late in life that he would be closing up after a Sunday evening service and everybody had gone home from the Baptist and he'd look around the corner and about, oh, two blocks away, he could see the lights were still on at the Pentecostal church. So you know what he'd do? He wasn't Pentecostal, but he'd go down there and he'd worship with them a while before he'd go home. You wonder where I got the joy of the Lord, where I got the lilt in my step, where I got the excitement? I think I got it from Grandpa Jake through my mom. And then there was Grandma Jacobson, Sinova. She was, she was, if ever there was a, a different kind of person, she was a different kind of person. But she was a separatist. She used to walk up to women on the streets, complete strangers, in the town of Howard or Madison, South Dakota, which was the big town. Oldham had a few hundred. They, they had a few thousand. And she'd see a woman in the 1930s, 1940s smoking. She'd walk up to him, pull the cigarette out of the mouth, stomp on it and say, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I do not recommend that you do that. She was a separatist. Absolutely. 
but she was generous to a fault. And I wrote a song about it. I'm not going to sing it today. But it's entitled, Grandma had her own welfare program long before the government had theirs. She would make a huge pot of soup. And she would send the kids around town to all the people that were hungry. And she took care of them. Every one of these that I've mentioned loved Jesus. Every one of them had the love of the Lord in their heart. And I'm saying to you today, I stand before you by the grace of God, a product of all the influences on my life. And those people who have influenced my life made all the difference in the world. I hate to think where I would be. I don't even want to give the devil an opportunity to get any praise today. I hate to think where I would be were it not for my godly parentage and for my godly grandparents. If it had not been for them, I would be dead perhaps and in hell or out in the world. Who knows? But because of them, I stand before you today, your pastor. And I know I fail in a lot of ways. I know I'm flawed. I know I'm not what I ought to be. But thank God I'm not what I was. Thank God for grandparents today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Every head bowed, every eye closed, and nobody looking. And how many of you today, preacher, something in the message spoke to my heart. Slip your hand up. Yes, and if today there's a decision to be made, I'm going to ask grandparents and others to come down. You may want to come and thank God for your grandparents. You may want to come and ask God to help you to be the best grandparent that you can be, a godly grandparent, to tell your children and your children's children what they ought to know. We have influence over them for generations. We still have an opportunity to make a difference in this world. So I'm going to ask you, to come in just a moment. But if you've never Christ as your Savior, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you pray from your heart right now something like this? Dear God, just pray from your heart. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior, as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die and take me to heaven when I die. Lord, let me leave a godly Lord, let me live a life that's pleasing to Thee. Lord, let my grandkids see Jesus Christ in me. Lord, let me leave each one a godly legacy. As I watched my grandkids at play the other day, I thought how blessed I am to see them grow and hear them pray. Thank you, Lord, for all the good times in our happy family. Oh, Lord, just let me leave them a godly legacy.
Lord, let me leave a godly legacy. Lord, let me live a life that's pleasing to Thee. Lord, let my grandkids see Jesus Christ in me. Lord, let me leave each one a godly legacy. For all the grandpas and the grandmas and the papas and nanas and omas and onas and the mimis too, I want to tell you that no one else can take your place. No one else can fill your shoes. So invest in precious grandkids for eternity. And promise God you'll leave each one a godly legacy. Lord, let me leave a godly legacy. Lord, let me live a life that's pleasing to Thee. Lord, let my grandkids see Jesus Christ in me. Lord, let me leave each one a godly legacy. I'd like to have you sing it because this is one of those sing-along songs. Lord, let me leave a godly legacy. Lord, let me leave, sing it, a godly legacy. Lord, let me live a life. Lord, let me live a life that's pleasing, that's pleasing to Thee. Lord, let my grandkids, Lord, let my grandkids see Jesus Christ, see Jesus Christ in me. Lord, let me leave. Lord, let me leave each one a godly legacy. Lord, let me leave a godly legacy. Lord, let me live a life that's pleasing to Thee. Lord, let my grandkids see Jesus Christ in me. Lord, let me leave each one a godly legacy. Lord, let me leave each one a godly legacy.